This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Oh Them Bones. McCarthy's Wild Ride Part 2. This is your old pal Justin Young here, live from Austin, Texas, but really, I am where you are, glued to YouTube watching the CNN stream because everything old is new again. By that, I mean yesterday is today. It's the same day again. Feels like some kind of time loop, like everything's happening again, over and over and over. And maybe one time we can find out the reason why we are stuck seeing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Why do time loop movies always become morality tales? Why do I need to fix myself so I can get out of some of temporal hacks? You know, according to the Greek myth, Sisyphus is condemned to roll a rock up a hill to the top of the mountain, only to have the rock roll back down to the bottom every time he reaches the top. The gods were wise in perceiving that an eternity of futile labor is a hideous punishment. According to one story, Sisyphus enchains the spirit of death so that during death's imprisonment, no human being could die. Eventually, the gods freed death, and his first victim is Sisyphus. Here's the kicker, though. In that version of the story, Sisyphus tells his wife not to offer him any traditional burial rites when he does die. So, when Sisyphus arrives in the underworld, he complains to Hades, he literally goes to the manager, that his wife had not observed the rights, and because the customer service in Greek hell is better than Southwest Airlines, he's granted permission to return to Earth so he can chastise his bride. Once granted his second lease on life, Sisyphus refuses to return to the underworld and lives to a ripe old age before heading back down and beginning his eternal punishment. Absurdist philosopher Albert Camus identifies Sisyphus as the archetypical absurd hero, both for his behavior on Earth and his punishment in the underworld. He displays scorn for the gods, a hatred of death, and a passion for life. His punishment is to endure an eternity of hopeless struggle. And so, we bring you in to day two 
of the 118th Congress's search for a brand new Speaker of the House. Entrenched in all of their positions, we have the vast majority of the GOP caucus, a rebel alliance of 20, and the Democrats, for whom are very excited to watch their opponents pants each other repeatedly. And yet the question becomes for both sides of the GOP. At what point are they tired of rolling that boulder up the hill only for it to fall down again? Because they are not Sisyphus. But they are wearing a Sisyphus uniform. Congress folk taking the same vote over and over and over again. Will the fever break? It's Mr. McCarthy's Wild Ride Part 2, but first. Madam Clerk, I rise to nominate the gentleman from California, Mr. Kevin McCarthy, for Speaker of the House. The gentleman is recognized. That is Kevin McCarthy's nominating speech on the 4th ballot of this process, the 1st of January 4th, Wednesday. On that ballot for Speaker, the Rebel Alliance nominated Byron Donalds. Now, the day before, Donalds voted for McCarthy twice. He then appeared on CNN and teased that he might change his vote, and lo and behold, he did. On that ballot, he voted for Jim Jordan. Faith rewarded. He sleeps on it and becomes the new symbolic protest candidate and backs it with his own vote. This is his nominating speech by Representative Chip Roy. Now, here we are, and for the first time in history, there have been two black Americans placed into the nomination for Speaker of the House. We do not seek to judge people by the color of their skin, but rather the content of their character. Byron Donalds. Yes, a Republican gets a standing ovation for quoting Martin Luther King on the fourth ballot of a speaker vote in the year of our Lord 2023. Say nothing about this process except its true commitment to absurdity. Camus would be proud. But at the end, no real change. The 20-member Rebel Alliance holds strong. McCarthy gets 201 votes, one less than he did on the third ballot, because one Republican votes present. So the question then becomes, who exactly is this Rebel Alliance? Well, they go by the following names. Representatives, Biggs, Bishop, Boebert, Breachin, Cloud, Clyde, Crane, Gates, Good, Gozer, Harris, Luna, Miller, Norman, Ogles, Perry, Rosendale, Roy, Self, and of course, Donald. He was the late joiner after all the voting on the first day. They are all members of the Freedom Caucus, but they are not 
the majority of the Freedom Caucus. The majority of the Freedom Caucus supports McCarthy. So then why does this splinter group break away? Well, in part, they hate McCarthy. And you gotta wonder exactly how much of a cuddly guy McCarthy is if people are willing to be this intransient about him. There is one man for whom does very much loom large in the Freedom Caucus, however. And his name is Donald Trump. Trump, who initially backed McCarthy, doubled down the morning of Wednesday, January 4th, saying on Truth Social that it was time for Republicans to take the win. Back down. Nominate McCarthy. And as we just saw, that bought McCarthy jack squat. Truth in one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up first. So before we dive headlong back into this never-ending vote, let's talk about the Trump of it all. I made fun of him on the podcast that we released during the first day's voting, saying that he was mostly on True Social talking about the 2020 election. So this at least represented the fact that he does have skin in this game because he did pick one side over the other, and the side that he picked doesn't seem to be doing all that well. Reports came out yesterday that he was considering backtracking from McCarthy. McCarthy gets spooked, according to reports, calls Trump. Trump says everything's fine. And then he puts out his truth social post this morning. But what does it say when Donald Trump cannot whip Matt Gates? What does it say when Donald Trump cannot whip Lauren Boebert? What does it say when he can't speak to the 18 other rebels for whom we don't know their names because they aren't as out front as the two that I just mentioned? It means that all 20 of them aren't afraid of being called out by Trump. They are not afraid of getting yelled at on this boutique social media network. He does not have the firepower to keep people in line. I want to go back in time for a second. But there was an article today, it was reported, that NFL owners don't want to pick him up because they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Do you believe that? The him in that rant was Colin Kaepernick, the then out of work, I guess still out of work NFL quarterback because he kneeled on the sidelines when he was a backup for the San Francisco 49ers. That's Donald Trump bragging about how much power he had over other billionaires. Billionaires. I don't know if you're really familiar with the culture of NFL owners. A lot of y'all might not be. But let me just clue you in. They're not exactly the most tame people. They don't really care about a lot of public opinion. Just go ahead and Google Jerry Jones bathroom photos, and you're going to see things for which 
the Dallas Cowboys owner has kind of obliquely bragged about. And yet, here's Trump saying, my social media platform is so mighty that those guys are scared of me. And of course, that really means that my social media presence is so mighty, I can affect their business. And that is person by person. Donald Trump could get mad at Jerry Jones and stop people from going to Dallas Cowboys games. Now, that sounds kind of ridiculous now, but that's what he's saying. In the case of any of these rebels, Donald Trump can say, this person is a failure. This person is a loser. MAGA should never vote for them ever. And that's obliquely what he's saying when he says vote for McCarthy. And they defy him. They're not scared. And that does say something for Donald Trump's standing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for supporting this program and understanding that it's coming out on a special day. Normally, we are a Wednesday, Friday podcast. Obviously, the news is now, and thus, we cover it now. Anything that happens tomorrow, however, Thursday, January 5th, is going to be on our late edition. That is a patron-only podcast. If you want to head on over right now, take politicsseriously.com. Sign up at the $3 level. You will get it along with a custom RSS feed that will allow you to put it in the podcatcher of your choice. And later on this month, free feed is getting programmatic ads. Thank you to everybody who hit me up. (laughs) DMs, Twitch chat, Asking whether or not our ads would be read by the Ad Dragon, a an old friend from our our uh, comedy show, myself and Brian Brushwood, on uh, the NSFW program, the Ad Dragon. He is a, a a a very professional ad reader. However, through the distribution platform that we're going to work with, we don't have any control over. So it's probably going to be the ads you hear about your local community college or, you know, how a certain toothbrush will brush your teeth really well. I'm sure they're all fine products, but it's all going to be programmatic. So if you don't want ads, aside from this, this is always going to be there on all the feeds, on the Patreon feed, on the uh, on the uh, on the regular feed, because this is my little bulletin board. Anything that ain't news, that's just about us. This is where I put it. Then head on over right now. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Ad-free feed at any level. Bonus uh, content at three bucks. And then your name at the end of the show at 10. Thank you so much. Back to the program. Overall, there are seven recognized, organized, and prosecuted Christian crusades from Europe to the Middle East from the 11th century on. These quests, from the European perspective, were to liberate the Christian Holy Land from Muslim forces, and all but the first, very temporarily, are recognized as failures. And yet, for various economic, political, and spiritual reasons, they just kept happening 
one after another, spanning 300 years. And even after and between the powers that be laying off, the will of the people sometimes compelled organized parties to sack Jerusalem. Those stories are legion. But my favorite is the children's crusade. Many tell this story different, but it is said to have happened in 1212. A boy begins to preach in either France or Germany, claiming that he has been visited by the Son of God, Jesus himself, who instructs the young boy to lead a crusade in order to peacefully convert Muslims to Christianity. Think of a supercharged version of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Maybe if they had bikes, the Mormon missionaries, something like that. Through a series of portents and miracles, this child gains a following. A following of up to 30,000 children. He leads his followers south toward the Mediterranean Sea in the belief that the sea would part upon their arrival like Moses before them. This would allow the 30,000 children to walk to Jerusalem. This does not happen. The children are sold to merchants who are given free passage on boats. The pilgrims are then either taken to Tunisia, where they are sold into slavery by the merchants. The lesson that I have always taken from the children's crusade is sometimes. It's better not to try. On the fifth ballot, in search of a Speaker of the House of the 118th Congress, Representative Warren Davis, a member of the Freedom Caucus, gave the nomination for Kevin McCarthy. And in that nomination, he read a list of concessions that McCarthy has made to the Freedom Caucus, including name-checking wishlist items from many of the Rebel Alliance. Andrew Clyde's proposal to restore public access to the Capitol. Lauren Boebert's proposal to reduce the linkage between the NRCC and the steering committee process. Gary Palmer's proposal to cap spending on suspension bills. Ralph Norman's proposal to limit leadership reports and make conference more about engaging all members. Chip Roy's proposal to provide a five-day notice for suspension votes. Dan Bishop's proposal in privileged resolutions. Scott Perry's proposal for additional conference meetings ahead of key votes. Bob Good's proposal on standalone appropriations bills. Andy Biggs' proposal limiting suspension waivers from committees. Chip Roy's proposal to make co-sponsored amendments in order. Affirm 72-hour publication of bills before calling for a recorded vote. An end to proxy voting. An end to remote participation in committee work by members of Congress. The Holman Rule. An end to the Gephardt Rule. Cut-go instead of pay-go. An end to unblock suspension votes. A major reform worked out with Morgan Griffin, what we hope to call the Griffin Rule, on single-subject bills subject to germaneness, points of order, and amendment. It's the first time the nominating speeches are more about the opposition than the nominee from the Kevin McCarthy side. Colorado Representative Lauren Boebert 
nominates Donalds again, but can't help but mention another Donald. Praise the work and the leadership of Byron Donalds. So let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. And by the end, we have the exact same tally that we had before. 201 for McCarthy. The 20 rebels hold strong. And we move on to a sixth ballot. Which reminds me. Here is your NBA update. Brought to you by Futility. Have you failed? Why not do it again? Futility, available inside your head every time you take a loss. It's the Bucks over the Wizards, 123-113 to in action Tuesday night. The Thunder topped the Celtics, 150-117. to And the Sacramento Kings remain hot against the Utah Jazz, 117-115. to That's your NBA update, brought to you by Futility. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, so let's go nuts. In 2010, three congressmen wrote a book together. It's called Young Guns a new generation of conservative leaders. Those three congressmen, Eric Cantor of Virginia, listed in the book as a Republican whip who holds a seat on the House Ways and Means Committee. Congressman Paul Ryan of Wisconsin, a six-term congressman, the ranking member of the House Budget Committee, and a senior member of the House Ways and Means Committee. And Congressman Kevin McCarthy, California, two-term congressman and House Chief Deputy Republican Whip, was once named the GOP's most persuasive, compelling members by Newsweek. Oh, but what a difference a few years make. Four years after their book came out, in June of 2014, Eric Cantor, at this point GOP majority leader in the House, was challenged in a primary His internal poll showed him winning the race by 30 points. He outspent his opponent 40 to 1. And he lost his primary battle to Tea Party-backed Dave Bratt. Amidst battles with the then-Trump-run GOP Speaker of the House at the time, Paul Ryan, declined to run for his seat in 2018. Democrats won those midterms, took the House back, and Nancy Pelosi succeeded him as speaker. Paul Ryan has yet to return to politics. And in 2022, McCarthy became the first speaker candidate in a hundred years to not secure a nomination on the first ballot. I feel compelled to read this one-star review of Young Guns from Amazon. It is written by user YP... January 3rd, 2019. So, four years ago. This didn't age well. 
Kevin McCarthy tried a sixth time to become Speaker of the House. I don't even know who nominated him. I don't even know who nominated Daniels. No, I do know. The, the, the congresswoman who nominated McCarthy accused all the Democrats of drinking, and, and they yelled at her, which is not unlike a group of people who have been drinking would do, but still... It's the same thing, same vote. Nobody's changed. There is no leverage. If there was any assumption that there was any shame in in either side of this, they're not going to get it. Nobody wants to blink. Everybody is in a staring contest, and nobody has any reason to back down. There is no public pressure that can bring these two sides to heel. There is Nothing that will change what is happening. We are living through a time loop. Somebody learn a lesson. For the love of God, somebody learn a lesson. Somebody become a better person. Somebody don't seduce Andy McDowell the wrong way. Uh, 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 Tom Cruise, uh, go and kill the alien in, in the center of town. Somebody needs to figure this out. Wait, what is this? Where am I? It's pitch black. What am I doing here? Greetings. What? Who are you? I am the manifestation of political gridlock. But you can call me stalemate. I've trapped you in my lair so you might tell me these stories personally. Well, I mean, I don't really like telling them at all. I mean, I... I, I, I... You will. This will not resolve. It will go on and on and on. Hold on. I just got a message on my phone. Apparently, the Congressional Leadership Fund and the Club for Growth, two major Republican super PACs, have come to an agreement. The Club for Growth had not backed McCarthy, but now says that they will, in exchange for the Congressional Leadership Fund, agreeing not to primary any of the Freedom Caucus. Why, that was something that the... Republicans in the Freedom Caucus, specifically the 20 that are blocking McCarthy, were really, really, really mad about. Wait, turn on C-SPAN. Okay. On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 214. Both of the Republican factions have agreed to adjourn until tomorrow. Then I'll see you there. Exclusively at the $3 level of the Patreon found at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, Politics, Politics is written, recorded, edited by Justin Robert Young for Dog and Pony Show Audio. Oh, boy. If you would like to email into the show, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me on Twitter, it is Justin R. Young for my personal account and PX3 tweets. If you would like to reach the show directly, if you would like to share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy, it is px3podcast.com. Meanwhile, 
paypal.me slash payjury is how you can support this show with a one-time donation. If Venmo's more your speed, it is justin-young-dash-20. Somebody send me a dollar and say stalemate was right. Cash app is PX3Cash, and if you would like to send anything to our post office box, it is P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content, including... What may be the finale of our saga? What may be only episode three? I don't know. We have never done this in my lifetime before. I I, I don't know if I'm putting the finale of this saga behind a paywall. I don't, and neither do you. But if you want to get the next saga episode of this saga, it is at the $3 tier, two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. Our $10 tier gets your name right at the end of the podcast like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. Craig, Dustin, Jason, Andres, C. Garcia, Matt, Craig Potts, MC Radio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Yeo, Pinball Shop, DP4, Bongo, Catherine, Todd, person familiar with the matter, Invoke Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris Arslandi, and Blue Front, and the Lenina, DL, Stephen, Chad, Nomadic, Terran, Diana, Turn 2, Miranda, Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul, is awesome. Richard, Brad, just another pilot, middle aged Mike, who loves Frank, got abducted, Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen A, L, D, L, D, L, D, really, Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who does support this program. I think this might be all in the free feed. If this keeps going, then I guess I just got to keep doing shows. Uh, So we'll see. (laughs) We will see what happens tomorrow. Uh, uh, Thank you for dealing with this. This is these are crazy episodes. I don't know how to fill them. I, I, I honestly like there's not really that much news. So we got to add some stuff to them. So hopefully you guys like the uh, you guys like the stuffing. Till next time, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics. Others talk about politics and still more. Man, they're out here talking about politics. But this this is the only program that dares discuss. Oh, three. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.